Now we were approaching the last act. Well, I said, let him bring charges. It takes a long, long time to make a dismissal stick in this department, Poirier. Besides, I don't even know if I care to have the job anymore. I might just save all of you a lot of problems and quit. Become a freelance researcher. You're a fool, he said, his voice moistening along with the hand as he thought of the department. You're a fool to throw over a good, secure job like this. If you get fired, you'll never get another position in civil service. Besides, you know how the department is coming along, how improvements are being made in services, how salary increases are in the works. I can't see a man like you, who has nowhere else to go anyway, doing something like this to himself. How do you know I have nowhere else to go, I said, taking up a new can of beer and opening it one-handed. Not a very difficult thing to do if you have any practice and any serious interest in getting at the beer. For all you know, I might have something in industry all set up for myself. It so happens that one of the largest movie producers in the country and I are talking right now about a position in the East Coast casting department. It could come through for me any day. How much difference can it make to me what you people do? Well, listen, Miller, Parier said, stopping to think that one over only slightly. There is not among supervisors in the Department of Welfare a great interest in the arts or crafts. If you want to go, you go. But you go clean now. Just put in your resignation form and quit. Don't play around. Have them making me call you Friday afternoons to check you out. Stop complicating my life and everyone's, okay? Well, I said, well, we'll see. I'll be by on Monday morning, and I might just have a surprise for you. I might even have a little two weeks' notice. We'll see. We'll see. His voice went to a new level. You quit. You have your caseload absolutely cleaned up, you understand me? No loose ends, no evictions, no new pregnancies or anything like that. No problem, I said. I've got the neatest caseload on the whole east side. I'm on top of it like a big, throbbing drum. Be talking to you on Monday, then, Poirier. Have a good weekend. I hung up on him. It put the tag end on the week. After that, and because I already had the can opened, I figured I might just as well sit and finish off the beer. I could still make it to the jewel on time, or only a little bit late, and since I was going to see it through three times anyway, it wasn't as if I would miss much. Of course, it would leave a few loose ends in the plotting, but nothing I couldn't work up fast. All that I wanted to do was to sit and think quietly for a short while, try to purge Poirier, his conversation, the people upstairs, and the whole Department of Welfare out of my system for the weekend. Never a man for fast transitions, I needed a few more minutes to catch up on it. About five minutes after that, some publicity stills came special delivery from Warner Brothers anyway, and it was fortunate that I was there to sign for them. I had obtained them by advising the studio that I was publicity director of a large freelance critical bureau, and it would have been the end of me at Warner Brothers if the envelope had been returned unknown or not at home. So I thanked the mailman very much and gave him the thirty cents postage due and put the stills in the bottom of my dresser drawer with everything else to be sorted out some time later, and then I went downstairs to my car and went over to the theater. I was practically the first person into the place. The old woman in the window gave me that peculiar, intense look mixing stupefaction and contempt which only ticket-takers in neighborhood movie houses truly know— and went past an even older man guarding the inner doors who was so numbed that his hand was barely able to reach out and make connection with the stub I handed him. Then, at last, 
and was inside the cool spaces of the theater itself. Irrelevant preparatory music bleating out from the lighted space under the closed curtain. They were holding back the start after all. And with a feeling of gratitude, I found a seat in the middle of a middle row and camped into it. There were only two other people in the house, a teenage couple sitting down in the first row already necking. The girl had long, thin arms which, coming bare out of the sleeveless sweater to encircle the boy, assumed in the muddled light the aspect of chains. I wondered how he could stand being in there. But before I had too much time to think about it, the music cut off with the kind of high whine which meant that the needle was being drawn over the record, and the lights went down, and the different kind of music began. So I leaned back, taking my shoes off, and propped them on the back of the seat in front of me, looking at the screen at a higher, more intense angle now, suspended above the people in the front row so that...